with issue for all women. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's Sunday Chops. Mickey here. I'm waving because I have nailed this podcast malarkey. A couple of weeks ago, I got on the Zoom with comedian Esther Manito, and then off the Zoom, and then tried again, and then off again, and then went to Skype. Esther, as well as being very funny and having some thought-provoking opinions around the role women play in sexism, was also incredibly patient with my technical prickery. So yeah, I hope you are too, and please consider this a heads up that about 10 minutes in, the sound changes slightly, and that's because I've thrown my internet out the window and reverted to an old school phone interview. Esther is currently at the Edinburgh Fringe with her show Hashtag Not All Men, and so we chat about 90s lad mag culture, why applauding men for basic decency is bad, the rise and rise of King Baby and the part women play in their creation, and how being the guy who wanks on the tube isn't aspirational. Like I say, Esther is currently at the Edinburgh Fringe, so you should definitely catch her there if you are going. But if not, she is on the Twitter and other socials at Esther underscore Manito, which will have details of all her gigs once she's back. Hello, I am joined on the Zoom by award-winning comedian, or as she'd have it, Essex Arab buffoon, Esther Manito. Esther, hello. Hello. (laughs) that was amazing we're having a little bit of technical difficulties listeners and so we've turned the video off to try to make the internet better but Esther just sort of her face appeared on my screen momentarily looking confused and then (laughs) disappeared again (laughs) I know it's all very discombobulating this whole tech thing I think we'd have a handle on it after two years (laughs) I know but we haven't we haven't talking of discombobulating Esther talk to me about the inspirational quality of men wanking on the underground so I read it in Metro Online and then it was in London Life as well and it just intrigued me what goes into the psychology of getting on the underground and I I don't know if this has happened to you I mean it's happened to a lot of women we know where we've been harassed on the tube or Mm. you know not left alone I mean I've man masturbated in front of me and two friends on the tube when we were at university and um especially being a stand-up comedian coming home from gigs a lot Mm. on your own a lot of female comedians have had issues you know traveling home if you don't drive and you're traveling home from a gig by yourself and you're sober and you tend to be a bit more of a target than other big groups of women who are out together and they're drinking and and also I'm not somebody who doesn't believe that people should be able to chat each other up but I do think you have to really be able to read a situation Mm. and when a woman gets on and you lean over and try and chat to her and she just goes I'm not interested you leave it there just read the signs basically Mm -hmm. the amount of times coming home from gigs that guys have just kind of decided and I think there is something about you being on your own and looking sober it just makes them kind of go I feel like it would piss her off Mm. to chat to her and that seems more appealing so a guy (laughs) he leant over to me and he he started trying to chat I was reading a book and he was right up against me and you know when there's other seats in the tube and you're just like Mm -hmm. you didn't need to do that but he was with a friend and he said what's your name which is I just feel like it's not an appropriate way yeah so I really politely, really smiling, I just turned around and went, oh, I don't want to chat. Thank you ever so much. I'm just going to carry on reading my book. And he turned around to his friend and he went, she's really fucking rude. And his friend went, I think she's being fair enough, actually. Oh. And that just nipped it in the bud. So I put a tweet out just saying, 
look, this situation happened. All it takes, because for some reason we're not viewed as human beings yeah. enough, so it takes a human being, a aka a man, to just call out his mate and just you don't have to have a fight. Just go, nah, just leave it. She doesn't want it because that will embarrass him and stop him. So the amount of oh my god, the rage there was guys writing going why are you making this up just to get attention and oh, i was yeah, like yeah if i was gonna make up a story why would it be the least eventful story <laughs> i know how to tell a fucking story it's what i do for a living <laughs> one guy went and wrote um that's someone's son and i was like but well, every man on this planet is someone's son that's that's like saying he has eyes so then i was looking looking back at um kind of tweeted out in the past and it basically this guy had been masturbating on the tube and when I put a tweet out saying the fact that this man has managed to find the space to get his penis out on the tube just blows my mind because it was during rush hour and the rage and that that's when I got tagged with the hashtag not all men and I was like but no one said it was all men and that's what I wanted to explore in my show is that we sit there and we always look at feminism from the victim's viewpoint. So as a feminist myself, I've always thought about how it impacts women, how it impacts me. And then when I had a daughter, how it impacts my daughter. But actually, that man who's wanking on the tube is not aspirational. I'm not sitting there going, oh, my God, check out his privilege. He has the right to get on the tube and humiliate women like that is not a great place to be. That is a man who is really not OK and that's a very sad state like he is a pathetic person as someone who has a son i'm now starting to go well actually how do we protect the next generation of men so that they're not totally fucked up in how to interact and express themselves and to have sexual relationships and so that is where not all men comes from because I've got basically three generations of men in my house and it's looking at how they've been constantly boxed off in what they're allowed to think and say and do and how it skewers their ability to communicate and how it does mess with their ability to communicate with women and it needs to be really looked at not just constantly from from the victim's point of view with any prejudice if you look at the oppression from any kind of victim's point of view obviously the damage is being done to the victim but also you're not creating a healthy relationship for the people that are doing the oppressing you know they're they're being made to see other human beings as you know subnormal Lesser, they're not being yeah. able yeah you know sex is something done to women women are you know just there to kind of titillate me women are a plaything. if I want to get on the tube and harass them and that's funny that's funny for me and my friends you're surely going to end up in a state where you're not very happy because you see 50% of the world as going but they're not proper people and then what happens when you have a daughter that must fuck with your head <laughs> it must do because you're then suddenly going I don't want that girl to be with any of the men that think the way I do and that must really mess with you I hope so I hope it really messes with them <laughs> It feels like the shit women have to deal with from the moment we're born girls onto this planet is talked about a lot. I mean, hello, this podcast. And it isn't sorted by a long shot, but there is awareness. Whereas with masculinity, there are these little pockets where it's chatted about, but it then goes away. But it's quite, quite in vogue now to talk about male mental health. 
the onus is definitely on men should be able to express themselves more and talk about feelings more but I think what's really important actually is we need to ensure that young men are seeing and, and made to see their female peers as peers as human beings people Fully that they human. may be friends with yeah want to have sex with want to have relationships with and that's all absolutely fine but they're not these kind of constructive playthings and obviously pornography has a huge part to play in that as as my belief and growing up in the 90s we had pornography which was the lad culture which made soft porn suddenly really accessible and really acceptable it was no longer something which was taboo it was no longer something which had at least some kind of moral disregard it suddenly became no it's healthy wanking is healthy so we need to just wank 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 and we need to find as many ways to do that as possible and it's really important that we sexualize every single female character we can to the point of no return and so the 90s just became this it was just oh it was carnage for it it was so aggressive and everywhere i played a part in it my first journalism job was writing sex copy for the lads max i wrote for a lot of the lads max and we used to have this thing before an edition went out you had to count how many nipples were on show in the magazine because if there were more than a certain number i can't remember the number they would have to go higher up on the shelves let's talk about lads mags ladettes girl power i did do the sign and the 1990s, because these are all really important touchstones in hashtag not all men the show, aren't they? So I grew up in the 90s in a town in Essex with an Arab father. And obviously during that time, you had the Gulf War. So the image that was shown of Arab men all over TV, all over everywhere, films, was just this aggressive, terrorist, savage, backward. And that kind of juxtaposed obviously what I was growing up with because my father was somebody who raised me to be a feminist and so it didn't match the image but the irony was is that whilst I was growing up with this man who was very right on essentially I was constantly being told well you know look how savage the Arab man is compared to in the west where we're so liberated but that kind of really clashed with the lad culture that I was growing up with Mm. where lads were just constantly being pushed to be hyper aggressive hyper sexual you know and you weren't allowed to say you were a feminist then obviously you know we had the Spice Girls which I think is I (laughs) I feel like the Spice Girls was a way of us just going well here's here's something you can have we'll call it girl power because obviously we don't want to call anything women yeah girl power is very different to woman power isn't it yeah it's very different so we'll just make it kind of as ineffectual as possible and as less threatening as possible and girl power essentially was you know still being really hypersexual and and really pleasing the male gaze so it was a really confusing time because when you're a teenager you're just like well if this is what liberation is it doesn't feel that liberated it just feels really really hypersexual and aggressive but what you're telling me is the men that are oppressive are the men from the middle east which the men in my family don't match that image so it was being a teenager at that time and just going, well, what are women supposed to do? This is awful. And being really passionate about that as a young woman who was also a feminist, 
But how that changes when not only you grow up and you find your own partner and, you know, you settle into a relationship and you work out those issues, but then when you have kids yourself and you suddenly go, oh, God, now I've got this little girl and this little boy and I don't want the image of men around them to be anything but positive and healthy and really promote a really open, equal relationship. And I don't think that we 100% are there yet that generation our generation now who grew up in the 90s there's a lot of work to do in undoing our socialization because like you say the 90s were not a great time for feminism and I know nothing's new in the world but it felt like that was a big moment for the idea of being the cool girl i.e not just putting up and shutting up but putting up and pretending it's everything you ever wanted yeah I mean I do remember and there were things that just make you feel really uncomfortable because I remember looking I remember um, and Sarah Cox was on the radio and I remember getting ready for college and she was talking about a girl that was in Coronation Street and this girl was probably about 15 at the time mm. and she was going oh I bet you know none of us can wait for when she's of age and she's all you know lubed up and on the front of Nuts magazine and I was just like you know when you're still young yourself and you just go that feels horrible yeah, and it feels yeah. horrible coming from a woman and obviously that was the industry that was how people talked that was how you got ahead and you had to really if you wanted to be a woman that was considered cool yeah you really had to endorse some aggressive behavior i mean i was reading something like the 90s saw the highest rate of female drunk related injury in a and e really yeah yeah because girls were just binge drinking and causing a huge amount of damage to themselves I just did an interview with the brilliant Louise Perry, whose book, The Case Against the Sexual Revolution, is really, really interesting. And it's that idea of the liberation we're sold. The people reaping the benefits are very rarely women. And in this case, it's the men going, oh, yeah, you're free to do this now and be like us. And it's like, is is that working for women? I don't think it always works for women. I don't think it always works for women. And also, I don't think it works for men either. I think what the lad culture did was essentially just go, well you can behave in this really aggressive way and that's going to be condoned and essentially you don't spoil a child if you say to a child and I'm not saying that men are children but what I am saying is we have (laughs) created this culture where where we have groomed and I talk about that in my show we've groomed these still these really ingrained subconscious gender roles which cause all kind of barriers like the moment you're in a relationship suddenly it's like well the house becomes the female's domain because if somebody walks into my house and it's an absolute shit heap the judgment will never be on my husband it will mm. always be on me so therefore I take on that emotional labour I start screaming about crumbs he's there <laughs> going well, why are you still screaming about crumbs and you're like why are we having this argument yet again about fucking crumbs and it's not about the crumbs <laughs> it's about the fact that society has created this this subconscious little woodpecker in my brain going if your surfaces are dirty you're less of a woman you're less of a woman and in his brain that hasn't been pushed totally but also we've created this bit where I suddenly feel that I have to then nurture him and he just suddenly has to go oh that's what her role is so I can't organize myself and I do this whole rant about that again in my show about you know why are <laughs> why is it that the moment you settle down in a heterosexual relationship suddenly it's the woman going right I'll make the plans and I'll arrange when we see your family and I'm going to arrange all this and we allow that to happen and we almost kind of make men believe that they are these kind of over sexualized 
toddlers uh-huh. and we just have to pander to it and that can't be doing any good I mean surely that's why people end up working on the tubes they don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how to relate I don't know how to communicate <laughs> help help is what I'm trying to say <laughs> ejaculating everywhere I feel the proof of this particularly unpleasant pudding is really easy to see if you know you just look out the window or look at our leaders like I mean obviously yeah. he's he's gone but he's not gone and Trump in America and it is these big babies king baby I think is ruling the yeah. roost at the moment and you know there is a part to be owned by women in creating those characters I think yeah, 100%, 100%. I, I've spoken about this a couple of times, and I do talk about it in my show, that thing of like referring to men as good. I, I, I don't, I'm like, when did that become okay, that we have to sit there and go, oh, he, my husband's so good because he does the dishes. And I'm like, why are we giving them such low, why are our expectations so low? <laughs> that surely can't be healthy. That cannot be healthy. But that has all come from the constant kind of misogyny has almost allowed this kind of giant baby mentality and for us to be constantly tidying up and titting about and fanning around the outskirts just making sure that everything's kept in in ship shape and the 90s have a huge role to play in that and a huge role to play in doing I think a lot of a lot of damage to to young boys I really do think I think that it caused so much damage I think it kind of made rape culture it really proliferated rape culture and justified it as sex Mm. I think it made it really hard for women to have healthy interactions and sexual relationships with guys I think guys kind of lost the meaning of what sex was the whole lad the whole player culture I think caused a lot of damage with men then looking to you know struggling to have a kind of partnership in the future so I really wanted to write something that wasn't just looking at it from the victim's point of view and that really has come from having three men in in the house and what I want for the men that I love and how they were brought up totally it goes back to what you said at the top almost when that man decided that an excuse for that was well that's someone's son how dare you talk about them on the internet that's someone's son and you look around and you go it is someone's son I don't want it to be my son yeah you're 100% right I think you're fine, Esther. You're 100% right. That's your theory. (laughs) So obviously the show started because of a hashtag not all men moment. Have there been any more hashtag not all men moments because of the show? No, because I don't really get... I have had, and I, I now have to address this in my show, I do have a lot of men that have been dragged from my show against their will, <laughs> but they've been dragged by wives and girlfriends, sisters, friends, whatever, but people that will book tickets and, and go out. And this is the joy of appealing to women, is that women plan nights out. Women <laughs> yeah, do they're the things. organisers. Yeah, totally. They're the organisers. And especially if you talk about being a mum, which I do, being a wife which I do although wife what a shitty set I remember once my husband said to me oh you're a really good wife and I was like if you ever say that to me again <laughs> what a, what an awful label to have what a good wife I was like god it sounds like something from the handmaid's tale um <laughs> she is a good fruit bearing woman but any woman that is in a you know a heterosexual relationship and has lived with that guy for a long time whether they've had kids or not relates 
to the stuff that I talk about. And so what tends to happen in my show is that you ha- you walk out on stage and there are lots and lots of smiling female faces and just a sea of men going, oh, I've got to sit through this for an hour. But I think once we get into it and a lot of the guys in the audience can actually recognise themselves in the material and also recognise that this isn't pointing the finger going, men are pieces of shit, but actually... I really, really want this to change so that men are happier and that they're not violating women because they're so unable to deal with their own, you know, mental health issues. They a, they tend to kind of get on board and they tend to kind of leave at least a lot happier. So, And also these aren't the guys that will go and write something aggressive if they've been brought there by a partner. So I haven't had any... I don't think I have. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really acknowledge a lot of the hate anymore. It's probably the best so way. I haven't seen anything. Oh, yeah. But also women get very angry, don't they? You do still get a lot of women that get very cross at you for talking about things on stage. Particularly if you're suggesting someone might want to examine their narrative and examine their choices and examine maybe if they are a little bit complicit in stuff. It's hard. It's hard to keep reevaluating how we feel about things, but it's very, very important to do so. Yeah. I did have a woman once. She she wrote to me, I think it was on Facebook, she wrote to me on my Facebook page and she was just like, I've seen you on TV and I just want to say love and yes, I can call you love even though you feminists hate that. Uh, actually, <laughs> love, you've got a real problem and so I just wrote back going, you're right, babe. But I was like... <laughs> oh yeah, because it totally like, sounds like you're the one with the problem there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've taken time out of your day to write this <laughs> but I was like that's really triggered you it's really triggered you and I and I kind of understand why and I don't want to hate people and that's the thing I really really don't want to hate and so I always think in my first show Crusade I was like I was talking about you know even dealing with people who are you know have been racist have racist views but I believe genuinely and naively so if you take every a person and sit down with them one-on-one you could get them to admit some compassion and some honesty but I feel that we're not we're never allowed to look at people I don't know but I feel like it, it things can be so divisive it's very easy to get someone's back up but actually if you just look compassionately that hopefully that's how things will change that's a real wanky way to say it it's and not I feel a like, wanky way just to just love say each it. other. But I just feel like, you know, I'm not standing on stage going, men this, men that. I've got a boy. So I don't feel that way because I don't look at him and go, he's going to you know, always be a dick. Cause the boy... No. But what I don't want is for him to grow up in a world where those limitations are put on him and he is screwed up by the way that women are presented to him. That's what I don't want. And I don't want that for my little girl, obviously. So that's where it comes from so I do find it interesting when women get really cross because you're suddenly questioning a very I don't know they've been forced into certain roles and that and they can't see outside of that and anything that challenges that becomes very frightening absolutely social conditioning's one hell of a drug yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. you articulate it a lot better than me <laughs> I mean I'm going to be honest yeah. with you Esther that's not the first time I've said that <laughs> it's a equal opportunities kind of phrase <laughs> So, hashtag not all men, the show is at the Edinburgh Fringe from August the 3rd to the 29th at the Gilded Balloon. What a venue. I love that building. Who will you definitely be going to see while you're up there? I'm going to be seeing Harriet Dyer. 
Oh, we love Harriet. Who's doing a show called Triggered. She's awesome. I'm going to go and see Lily Phillips, Smut. Who else would I be going to see? Katie Pritchard. I think she's doing a show called Disco Ball in the Pleasance. If you want an hour of absolute euphoria, Katie Pritchard is the one. Who else am I going to see? Do you know what? I don't think I've even looked at the programme. Well, you certainly can't look at the app, but I don't want to um, touch a raw nerve there. <laughs> Sorry. What a shit show. Come on, Ed Fringe, sort it out. I know. And the app was so easy yeah you've now got to sit with like yellow pages and go through <laughs> well that was always my experience at the fringe you'd just be carrying around that like like you say it was like the yellow pages brochure and just flicking through the alphabet like well where am i supposed to be and then looking at the map at the back to try and work out how many hills you could avoid to get there do you know what it hasn't even occurred to me but i'm now just thinking oh lord Estimanito. oh I'm in the middle. <laughs> it's close A. That's... I should have just called my show A. Esther, where can people follow you on the social medias, please? They can follow me on social media if they're not going to send me aggressive, misogynistic tweets. Please don't. <laughs> I get so many. At Estimito on Twitter and at Estimito on Instagram. And I am on Facebook as well, apparently. That's not a thing anymore. No. But I am on there. I quite like it. Do you know what, though? Facebook is where I get most of my hate. Oh. Oh, Facebook. I thought Facebook was the friendly bit. I genuinely thought that. Facebook never occurred to me as one that would ever generate a bit of trolling. I thought it'd be Instagram and Twitter. But I've had a couple of bits on Twitter, nothing really on Instagram. But on Facebook, there have been the Marjories of the world have (laughs) got very angry at me. Men called Steve getting really cross at me on on facebook over very small things it's really funny what triggers people oh people oh people well listeners go and visit esther on twitter and instagram and don't be a marjorie or a steve on facebook that would be my (laughs) advice to you thank you so so much for your patience because we have been plagued by technical difficulties at my end and esther has been the world's most patient woman i super appreciate it thanks for chatting to me about your show good luck with the run Thanks for chatting to me. I was really excited to chat to you, so thanks for chatting to me. Standard Issue for All Women.